Hello and welcome to The Best Is Net To Come. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by Richard Chuba and Michael Rubenstein. Today is the one year anniversary of the league postponement due to the COVID pandemic. It has been one year that we have all quarantined, socially distanced, avoided a majority of what normal life was like. Many have passed away. Jobs have been lost. Along with the justified examination of racial inequality, police brutality, and economic disparity in the U.S. and around the world, the pain of 2020 will be felt for years to come. It's not that I have much optimism left after this pandemic, because I know it sucked it out of myself and probably out of many of you, but the global health situation is slightly improving. Vaccinations are coming out. If you have the opportunity, please go get yourself vaccinated if you can. The spring is here in the Northeast United States. It feels naughty to say this, but a modicum of hope is beginning to take hold of myself and probably many of the American public. I wanted to start this pod kind of reflecting on the past year, thinking about everything that's happened and especially thinking about that day, March 11th, 2020, when the league kind of was the um, beginning of the shutdown for the rest of the country and then, you know, the rest of the world. Um, Mike, I'll start with you. Do you remember that day? Do you remember what you were doing on March 11th, 2020? I do. I remember it very clearly. Uh, I was teaching in Australia at the time. So uh, with the time difference, I got the news in the middle of the day. I want to say it was like 11 a.m. or noonish because uh, as a substitute at the time, I hadn't found my like real job yet. I uh, tended to check my phone for basketball scores. <laughs> And we were in the like right at the end of a very competitive fantasy basketball season. Uh, any of our listeners will know we love to talk about fantasy. Oh, on this I don't want to talk about that fantasy basketball. No, season. no, no. But like me, me and Rick were like <laughs> me and Rick were playoff bound. Rick was on the up, and I was actually on the decline. Like I was limping into the playoffs, hoping I needed like a miracle against Ash to like stay in the playoffs. So when I first got the alert, I was like, "Well, this is really bad because I had a I, I think I had like Rudy Gobert." Or someone on the Jazz, and that game was the first one to get postponed. And I was just like, "Damn it! Like, I need this this game to happen." Not knowing that you know everything that was going to follow, but I was really pissed. And I had a couple students even like getting alerts during class, telling me I was like, "Yeah, this sucks." Like, hopefully they just play it later in the week. And it all escalated very quickly. And basketball was one of the things that I kind of relied on to like in Australia in the beginning to have something to do during the day because I had friends to hang out with at night but like my afternoons were pretty uh open for the most part when I first got there so I used to like take a tram down to downtown and find a sports bar and watch it and I loved it I I snapchatted Rick like all night for for Rick it was like 4 a.m and I'd be watching basketball or something uh talking to him so yeah I left a pretty big void in my life and I actually had to go out and buy a ps4 just to play 2k (laughs) to keep my basketball fix going because yeah I, I really missed it yeah one of the uh the main like topics of conversation between me and mike while he was in australia was like basketball we would just talk about basketball all the time and uh i'm always up super late so 3 a.m 4 a.m text from mike was really nice <laughs> it was really fun um but with with where i was uh that day i was in washington dc actually uh my cousin's wow fiance was being inducted into the space force so uh we went there for that ceremony um yes the space force is real it's not just a netflix show wait really um, it is a real thing yeah 
and they were inducted into it yeah he's like he got like this like promotion there was like this ceremony and there's like he uh he like designs lasers uh and wow. like, uh for the military um so yes the space force is real it's not just some steve carell show um so i was in the pentagon for for that ceremony and then later on in the day like the news broke about the jazz game getting canceled and uh you know they would play highlights of that the rudy gobert interview where he's all like yeah i don't have it and you know putting his hands all over everything which was actually looking back is kind of funny but i i didn't really know too much about covid at the time um i don't really watch the news it's not something that i particularly enjoy or really care much for so i wasn't really up to date on covid and stuff like that i knew like there was like a virus in china and like shit was bad over there and that's really the extent of what i thought of it and then things here got progressively worse and they went from canceling one game to two games to multiple games and then um not long after that they canceled march madness ncaa tournament which is upsetting because i went to rutgers and rutgers was most likely going to be in the tournament for the first time in a while um, so not only did it take away NBA basketball from us, it took away college basketball, and uh, that was rough, you know. And and when you're stuck inside too, and you can't go out and you're quarantining, like you're kind of left with like TV and movies and things like that, right? And as people who really like sports, like we enjoy watching NBA games, you know, not just the Nets, we like watching other teams too. And when that's off. Like, you're just, like, left twiddling your thumbs wondering what the hell to do, so. Basketball is something that I think a lot of people didn't realize was an extremely important part of their life, at least NBA basketball. And I was, I'm going to ask you guys, like, how was basketball an escape for you during this year? You know, when it came back during the bubble, how excited were you for that? Um, how much did – the bubble make you realize that like basketball was important to you. Uh, I guess Mike, I'll go with you. Um, that's tough for me to answer because like I've always known basketball is like a thing that's important to me. I, I, I mean, we started out this podcast by reminiscing about all those horrible Nets teams. Like I watched all of those all the time, so it wasn't like enlightening to me, like how much I missed basketball. It was just like it sucked the whole time. Like as Rick just said, like those first couple weeks. I, I played 2K all the time. All the housemates that I had, I would, like, see them in the morning. I'd be like, all right, guys, I'm going to go play 2K in my room. See you at dinner time. Because uh, I just I needed some basketball, and I couldn't play basketball. I, I had signed up for a league in Australia, and that got canceled. So I wouldn't say it was, like, enlightening, but it definitely was a factor, like mm. a downside of, of my time. Basketball's always been a huge part of my life. That's no secret, but... When it when it came back, it was I think it was more impactful returning than I had initially thought it was going to be. Not just um, like for myself, like personally, like watching basketball and like happy that it's back, but also like because of you guys, like and our other friends too. Like basketball is something that um, during the bubble and even especially this year has really brought us together. You know, I live in another state. And it's something that really, even though we don't see each other, keeps us connected. We're talking about basketball all the time, um, the Nets and otherwise. And, um, you know, prior to the bubble and coming back, you know, we would, like, talk to each other. But, like, other than maybe playing, like, Rocket League, 
there wasn't much to talk about because not much was happening for us. We would stay inside and we couldn't like go out. We weren't like doing anything or seeing people. It's just what's what ridiculous, boring thing did you do today to help pass the time? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's exactly what it was. And then basketball came back and it's like, wow, you know, like the Suns are undefeated in the bubble and well, wow, Jamal yeah. Murray is like playing out of his mind. That's so cool. Is are the the Clippers, they're the favorite. Are they gonna beat LeBron and they didn't even get to the West Finals? And like that that's that's fun. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I like doing the podcast with you too, though. It, it keeps us closer, it keeps us connected. Um and it's it's just it's more about just the game, at least for me. And that's that's why it coming back uh, for the bubble and returning rather than canceling was was a really big deal for me, at least. Yeah, and you know it was really amazing for me as well. I I didn't realize how important basketball was for me, and, and especially like seeing how much effort was put into the bubble. It goes to show that like. There are millions of people in this country who who wanted to make it work so much, especially the players. Uh, more than I ever expected, millionaires to care about what was going on was those millionaire players who who actually like got in there and and, and lived that life for for two months, three months, some of them, um, for our entertainment. You know, I mean, obviously for their own pockets too, in some ways, but you know, ultimately for our entertainment and to keep our minds off of the extremely depressing reality that was the COVID pandemic. That is the COVID pandemic. It's still happening today. Um, but I thought what was really interesting about the NBA and what really – we've always kind of had this uh, feeling about basketball in America, even though technically football is probably the most watched sport in the country, um, like just by the numbers. I think basketball is a close second. And I think basketball more and more is becoming more in tune with like what's going on in the country and in the world. The fact that that game being canceled, that March 11th game being canceled, or like, as it's about to happen, was kind of the um, beginning of our understanding of this pandemic. How important do you think that day was? Like, if it didn't happen like that, do you think we may not have understood the pandemic as well as we did because of that? Like, do you think if it didn't happen on that scale with the NBA, it's something that people care a lot about? for a game to be canceled, like, right before tip-off because of this? Do you think if it wasn't for that, we would not have had, like, we would not have been as prepared um, as quick? Yeah, so, Rick, I apologize because I've gone first for all the questions, but I, I'd no, like to go fine. first it's for cool. this one. Um, I even sat up for this. Uh, I've, I've, I've said this, like... <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> I've said this jokingly, but it's not really a joke. And based on what you just described, Josh, like, Rudy Gobert... In his ignorance of what he did at that press conference, like kind of saved the world, in my opinion, because we were not as a country ready to shut down like that. America does not agree with, you know, restricting anyone's freedoms in any way. And the NBA throwing away billions of dollars to suspend games and then postpone their season. It that was eye opening. Imagine how many more hundreds of thousands of people would have been in stadiums and not just basketball. That was the domino that led to soccer and baseball and hockey. Like every league followed suit. And I just saw Adam Silver, like there was a whole article on his decision and I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I wish I did. Cause like that was not an easy decision for him. I, I'm sure of it. And what started out as Rudy Gobert just being an ass, I think honestly like played a huge role. 
I said it jokingly at first, but like I'm not really joking when I say it. No, I get you. I totally agree. Do you guys think that Rudy Gobert should be now inducted as a member of the Avengers? Yes. <laughs> yes. The Avengers? Why? Yeah, well, he saved the world. <laughs> uh, with his ignorance? Is he ignorance man? <laughs> uh, I mean, you can call him whatever you want. You, you ignorance mean, boy? COVID cowboy? Whatever. I mean, anything. <laughs> oh, God. COVID I mean, he, he, whether intentionally or not, he played a big part in protecting people and preparing the country and I guess in some part the the world as well uh, by putting his hands all over every fucking thing he could see. Uh, that's a tough call. I don't it know. It is? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you make that guy a hero, but <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely was like the um, sacrificial – pig because like not to like defend rudy gobert because i think what he did was just like very childish no matter what even if covid wasn't a big deal it was very childish for him to act that way um we all really didn't understand what was happening in the world we didn't understand this pandemic we didn't understand how severe this illness really could be until the shutdown until guys like tom hanks were getting covid you know but Rudy Gobert, he's an important part in history. We're going to always remember what he did. We're going to always remember his role in, in the COVID per, uh, situation, but it's fairly small potatoes now. Like, we've gone through so much since then. Yeah. So I'm curious now, too, though, what you guys think. In, like, 30 years, long after Rudy Gobert is done playing, is he going to be remembered more for his playing days and being a multiple-time All-Star and a multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year, or for his moment at the press conference on March 11th, 2020, being like the COVID guy. I don't know. I think he's gonna be remembered for being Defensive Player of the Year like seven or eight times, however many times he ends up getting it. He might even get remembered for crying about not being an All-Star. Like Rudy Gobert's had a pretty like uh, up and down career. Yeah, he's, very, he's been very in emotional. he's been in the news for the wrong reasons. But he is a very good player, and he'll have a lot of accolades. Uh, so I think when he first retires, people will celebrate his accolades. But like, I think the next generation, when they hear about all this, like the COVID stuff and the crying stuff, like it'll definitely be a part of his legacy. Okay. So do you remember in the first Incredibles movie, like how the villain, like became a villain because he wasn't allowed to be a part of the Incredibles? Yeah. Oh yeah. You remember that? So if if Rudy Gobert is not being becoming a part of the Avengers, mm-hmm. does he now become like the world's foremost COVID villain because he has been shunned by the Avengers? So now he's a he's a bad guy. Oh, I mean, he's an Avenger in my book. Josh disagreed. <laughs> uh, you think he's an Avenger? He's ignorance, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll give him the title so that he doesn't become a villain. Let's give him it. Oh, okay. So it's more he like has, uh, he has really long arms. He could touch a lot of shit with his, <laughs> with his hands. I was gonna say, you know what guy? And this is not related to COVID at all. But you know what guy? Actually, it is related because Rudy Gobert gave him COVID. A guy that I feel like right now is like he wants to be an Avenger. He wants to be a hero. His nickname is Spider. <laughs> but he's totally turning heel because of like what's going on in the league currently, like with the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell. 
Oh, it's I'm kind a of huge like can, Donovan Mitchell fan. I freaking love Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but it, don't you get that vibe? Like he might turn heel sometime soon. Like he might be a bad guy. Um, not for any COVID reason, of course. But like, uh, no, like, just like an, like an NBA villain, like like yeah. when LeBron went to Miami or something. Um, no, like, I don't. Because he's not getting I, I enough respect, it. you know. No, you're right. Like I could see him, like you know how like uh, in let's go circle back to wrestling. How, like, when a guy is, like, a, a baby face and, like, you know, fans love him, but he doesn't, like, win any titles or get the respect. So then he turns heel and then he's, like, just kicking everybody's fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't see that happening with Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's such a good guy. Like, he's so, like, nice and, like, hardworking and, and just great all around. I, I can't see it happening. Although I wouldn't mind it happening. But uh, I, I don't think he's going to go that far. Okay. Probably not. All right. Well, we were going to talk now about some of these trades coming up because the trade deadline is fast approaching. The Nets, yeah, they got Blake Griffin, but they're still building. They're still looking for a big man. They might be looking at Andre Drummond. However, there are some rumors out there that the Lakers are looking at Andre Drummond too, another big name in the league. So there are lots of teams that probably should make some moves before the deadline if they want to compete, considering the Nets – the Sixers and the Bucks are at the top of the East. You have the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers, the Jazz at the top of the West. Those teams are going to be making moves, some of them at least. And some of the teams in the middle will be making moves too. Which teams do we think will be making significant moves before the trade deadline? Mike, I'll start with you. What team do you think is going to make a move? Got to imagine the Lakers. I don't really like talking about the Lakers, <laughs> but we wouldn't be objective uh, podcast uh, people if we didn't because I don't think the Lakers as constructed with Anthony Davis as a question mark uh, are championship favorites and they they want to be that they're, they're the Lakers they always want to be now if Davis comes back then maybe they don't have to do anything but I think Drummond that name floating around with the Nets is also floating around with the Lakers um, so I imagine they're going to do something but I wouldn't be surprised if they look for another like knockdown shooter uh, I know J.J. Redick's name floats around a lot. He's another one on the Nets radar. I don't know if the Lakers are looking at him, but I think they need like another knockdown shooter because, yeah, Caldwell Pope had a great run in the bubble, but can you really rely on him like in a, a long playoff run? I don't know if they really want to rely on him. Caruso's not really a knockdown three-point shooter. Uh, Wesley Matthews, he's on their team, right? Yeah. That, like. I feel like Wesley Matthews has just been a loser for the last 10 years. Like, I mean that in the wrong. most respectful way possible. Every team he goes to, that was he's kind of like Jeff, he's kind of like Jeff Green. He's kind of like, oh, we got Wesley Matthews. Like, that'll be great for us. It'll help us put it, like, get us over the top. And then, and then they don't like the Blazers and the Mavericks and whatever other team he might've been on. Like, I don't think he's what the Lakers need. I see them trying to make a move. All right. Yeah, the the team that I'm really looking at is the Sixers. Um, Daryl Morey is their GM now, and he is always trying to wheel and deal, and he's not afraid to make big moves, risky moves, um, especially with how like invested he is in the analytics of the game today. Um, he has a little bit of a different mindset than most GMs, so he might make moves that um, other GMs would disagree with or not necessarily make um i read recently that they were uh a lot far uh, a lot further in the negotiations with james harden 
than we originally thought. Um, so I, I could see them really making a deal. I don't really know who they would target or go after, but Daryl Morey is always a guy who, even if it's the most slimmest of margins, is trying to improve his team any way that he can. And I think he realizes that, especially with Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level, he has a like a championship-caliber team right now. No, they're not the favorites, but um, maybe they're one or two pieces away from doing that. Um, I could see the, the Lakers doing something like a shooter, like Mike said. Um, we've talked about Andre Drummond, and I know the Cavs really want to trade him. Uh, I just don't know what teams other than contenders would want to trade for him. And the contenders don't really have the flexibility to do so. So if Drummond gets traded, it's going to be a team that it really probably won't matter. Uh, I've heard like Chicago mentioned, um, and I, that wouldn't phase anybody. Um, but if, if if he gets bought out, then it's, it's really going to be where does he want to go? Um, I don't know if the Nets getting Blake Griffin affects that. Uh, I don't think it would, but um, I've heard that the Lakers would be a team that he might go to. Um, but as far as a trade for Andre Drummond, I don't see that happening. I don't see the Nets really making any trades other than maybe one for P.J. Tucker, although I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think a lot of what the Nets are going to do is going to just play that buyout market, see who comes to them. And I think they're pretty content with the way their roster is constructed. Um, aside from that, I know people always bring up the Celtics, but what happens every year in the offseason and at the trade deadline, everybody brings up the Celtics, hey, what moves are they going to make? And they never yeah. freaking make a move. So, Well, all right. So I've heard a lot of different rumors about the Celtics, and obviously they need to make a move. It seems like in the past few games, Kemba has finally looked like sort of uh, a semblance of old Kemba. He's starting to play half decent again. Uh, but there was a lot of worry that he might be someone who needs to move. I mean, if, if Danny Ainge really is as cold as, as he has been in the past, the ideal move for the Celtics right now would be to move Kemba for like maybe two like solid uh, guys from a team that maybe just wants a star to sell tickets or to, to get eyes on their team but doesn't really need to win games. Al Horford, Harrison Barnes on the Sacramento Kings. He's been playing really well this year. Buddy Heald, your boy. Buddy, buddy, buddy's oh, buddy. buddy. Oh, that was I, one for the Lakers I heard about, actually. That was what got me thinking about the Lakers with a spot-up shooter. Yeah. Buddy Heald, if he wanted to be, like, off the bench, I think Buddy Heald would be an incredible asset to someone, like, a better team. But because he, like, starts or I think he plays, like, reasonable minutes on the, the Kings right now, I wonder if he'd be willing to do that ego-wise. There's a team, the one team that I think really needs to make a huge move is the Denver Nuggets. And I know this is like probably like hard to think about, but do they part ways for, with like Jamal Murray for like two guys who can like make their own shot and don't need like a really good point guard? Because right now the problem is, is like obviously Jokic can do whatever he wants. Jokic is like one of the best players in the league this year. Top three. He, every time he gets the ball, they do something good. Whether he gets the ball or he doesn't get the ball, if he's on the court, they do something good. Jamal Murray has been shooting well lately, but he can't make his own shot, and he takes a lot of bad shots. He doesn't play defense at all. A lot of that team doesn't play defense at all. Do you guys see the Denver Nuggets making like a dramatic move in the next few weeks to get a chance at beating one of these teams in the West? 
I don't see the move happening, although they're a team that I would really like to see make a move because I do think they have the assets to make it happen. Um, I don't think they're going to trade Jamal Murray. Uh, I don't, I'm a firm believer that you just you try to get the best guy in the trade, regardless of what it is, um, because superstars and stars are hard to find, but depth and bench guys are easily replaceable. You can you can find them. They're different roles, different uh, styles of play, but you can you can find those guys, whether it be free agents, G League trade, otherwise. Um, so I don't see them trading Jamal Murray. I could see them making a package centered around Michael Porter Jr., though. I know he's very popular around the league. Teams really like him a lot. Um, earlier on in this year, before he got injured, he was on fire. He was playing really well all around basketball. And I've heard uh, hypothetical trade scenarios of like Michael Porter Jr. and like a player and a boatload of picks for Bradley Beal. And if that happened, if it were Brad Beal, Jamal Murray, and Jokic, that's a damn good team. That's a really good team. So uh, I don't see it happening, but they are a team with firepower to make something like that happen. So I've been hoping that they make a trade similar to that, maybe not on the level of a Brad Beal. Um, Maybe they do something for like a Zach Levine who's just kind of wasting away in Chicago. But they, they have the power to do it, so it would be nice to see them make a move. I, I, I like teams that um, that go for it because I don't know how long the window is going to be open for the Nuggets, right? They went right. to the, the Western Conference Finals last year, and we all knew from the start that they were short. But if they had, let's say, Brad Beal last year, uh, maybe they win. Maybe they beat the Lakers because I know for a long time people didn't really take the Lakers all that seriously as a, as a title contender. But – um, yeah, if you have, I, I feel like they have the, the opportunity. I, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a very good player. I just don't see him being like elite. So if you can make a move, pull the trigger. Mike, what are your thoughts on possibly the Denver Nuggets moving someone to get someone big? Uh, I slightly disagree with the like the last thing that Rick just said about their window. I think their window is actually. Uh, it has a long time left. Jokic is young. Jamal Murray's young. Michael Porter Jr. is young. I think the only thing they risk is if they fail, blowing it up. No, I I don't think their window is closing. Uh, other than maybe them firing Mike Malone if they don't, you know, make a serious run again. And I think that would be the wrong thing to do. I think this team, they seem to find guys uh, out of nowhere that play really well. They they got R.J. Hampton right. They were the team that picked him. Like, mm-hmm. give him another year or two. Maybe he becomes the player that people thought he would be. Uh, Michael Porter is going to keep getting better. They seem to plug in these random guys like Gary Harris and Will Barton, and they get good games out of them sometimes. So I think the system's pretty good in Denver. I just think it's one of those destinations, kind of like Utah, who's been getting slandered lately, like isn't going to draw the free agents. So if you get like wind of Jokic or Murray wanting to leave on their own, like, then you've got a problem. But if those guys seem, like, loyal, like, they want to win in Denver kind of guys, I'd keep them. I don't see them, you know, as LeBron gets older, and eventually he probably will stop being the best. Like, it's got to happen at least in the next five years. You think? Uh, Maybe. You, you would Maybe. think. But I, I think they should stick it out and uh, keep the core. That's just, I, I disagree with 
your guys' take on that one, but I could be wrong. So, like, where do they rank in the West right now, then? I, I forget. I think they're, like, in the second no, half No, just, of the like, playoff. in, like yeah, in yeah, your yeah. own personal power ranking. I think Denver is one of those teams that, no matter what their record is, if you get them in a seven-game series, they could beat or lose to any other team in the West. Like, I don't think they match up against anyone, and you're like, oh, the Clippers should beat them, or the Lakers should beat them. Like, Denver could play really well for a few games and could win games. They're that talented. If they decide to play defense, which I think in the playoffs they will, any given night they can win and mm-hmm. against any team, like against any team. So yeah, I, like I just Denver don't know. For me personally, I would want a team that could not just beat anybody but also lose to anybody. I don't know if that's a recipe for a championship, right? Like you're yeah. right, they can beat anybody, but also if you could lose to anybody too, that doesn't really invoke a lot of confidence in me personally. I want to know that in a seven game series, I'm going out there with the best team. Yeah. for a seven games not well you know if we flip the coin we could beat the lakers but well, we could also lose to like you know oh, yeah <laughs> the Suns. I, I totally agree with that but denver is one of those markets that i don't think they'll ever become one of those favorites like i just don't see see it happening when you've got la to compete with and uh the warriors and when it was the spurs i think the spurs might be kind of on the decline obviously but i don't see the nuggets even with making a huge move like that with bradley beal um like, I don't, I don't know. I think Denver's just doomed to be one of those teams kind of like any year could be the year, but, like, don't get your hopes up. I just think that's their destiny. How uh, about the Mavericks this year? So, like, there was a lot of rumor about Chris Dobbs possibly getting moved as well. He's been showing slight improvements over the past few weeks. Is that something that you see happening, or is that not going to happen either? Chris Dobbs is trash. So, I know <laughs> Mark Cuban is a really smart guy who – um, it was smart to sign or to trade for him because guys like that are more often than not they are they're thought of as assets. So um, not just like the players. So it was a, it was right for him to make the trade just because for the value purposes. But I can tell you for a fact, Mark Cuban wants him fucking gone because Chris Stapps <laughs> sucks. And he, yes, he does have good games. He has a very unique skill set, especially one that plays well in today's NBA. But um, his name is a lot bigger than his game right now. I think ever since KD dubbed him a unicorn, that has been something that's really boosted his value <laughs> unnecessarily. Um, so yeah, he 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 wants him gone, especially like a guy that can't stay healthy. Like if you can't be on the floor, like you're of no value to me. So um, he he's gonna try and deal him. I don't think it's gonna happen this deadline. Uh, I just don't think he's going to get probably proper value, but I could see it maybe happening in the offseason. The big one I want to bring up, because I don't think you did yet, was Aldridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, Uh, Aldridge. I have obviously no information about it. I just hope he goes back to Portland for his sake and for Portland's sake. I think he had a great career there in Portland. I don't think he left on, you know, it wasn't his decision to leave. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like they traded him. No, he he left. He wanted out. Oh, he did. They might have traded him, but he want. I I don't know if he, he left in free his agency. Own team. I don't oh, know if okay. he left in free agency or if he got traded. I think he left in free agency, but I knew he wanted out. And I remember I th- I told you I think it was like eight years ago or something. I was like, you know, he'd be really good for the Spurs. <laughs> Just fill in for Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I I think a reunion would be good for both sides in that. I know he's not the player he used to be. He is older, but he could kind of be the Hassan White side. Um, that they had in the bubble and like a big body who can 
also hit a jump shot because that's what Whiteside couldn't do. So I think that would be a nice reunion. I think Lillard would like that. And I don't know. Just I don't see any other teams really wanting him. So they have yeah. they at least have the uh, nostalgia. Yeah, it would be like a feel-good story. It'd give you the warm and fuzzies. But see, I, I think he's washed. I think he's he is he washed. Is, he is cooked, baby. <laughs> He is washed like a car. That guy is Dunzel Washington. I'm telling you. It's <laughs> so I, I, I think he's done. I think uh, I mean, I think if he went anywhere other than Portland, it would be like Tracy McGrady in a Spurs jersey. That's really what it would be. And yeah. and that that hurt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad. I don't know. Maybe the Knicks will sign him just because he's a big name guy and they're dumb. But, uh, yeah, I just. Knicks. These Knicks are smart now. They are. Well, yeah, they're right. That's right. They are. They are smart, which is is kind of kind of cool. But um, nah, I, I I'm happy the Nets got Blake Griffin. I think he's going to contribute. I think it's going to work. I would be pissed off if they got Lamarcus Aldridge. I think he's a he's a net negative. Yeah. I know. Not just talking about PJ Tucker specifically, but I've heard a lot of talk about the Rockets just having like a fire sale. At the deadline, which I think oh, would be good Oladipo, for them. right? Oladipo, forgot about him. There's Oladipo, Oladipo. Uh, PJ Tucker. Um, there's probably Could you see another Oladipo name on a contender like the Heat or something. Yes, and I think it makes a lot of sense too. Um, I don't, I don't think he'll go to the the Heat. I, I just think maybe the Heat. I think uh, Oladipo has an expiring contract, and the Heat are a little far back in comparison to where they were last year. So I don't know if they would make a deal for that. Cause I think all, trading for Oladipo is like a, we're going for it type move. It's almost like putting your chips in the middle of the table. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think uh, Miami is there right now. Yeah. They're eight, 18 and 18. Um, but I could definitely see a contender making a, making a move for him. You know, I could see maybe like uh, Philly or, or Boston trying to make a trade for that. My problem with Oladipo, though, he's like his shooting percentage is terrible. He really does. He takes every shot he wants, and it, he doesn't make them. He gets 30 points on 30 shots. I mean, That's on true. the Rockets, you can do that. But, you know, for a contender, do you want a guy taking that many shots away from your better players and he's going to well, miss most of them? Well, I feel like it. Let's just say, hypothetically, he's on, like, Boston. And let's say they trade, like, Tristan Thompson has a, I think, a pretty good size contract who you conclude in a deal for him like i just i think if like oladipo is like your third or fourth option uh, i just don't think he's going to be taking that many shots like if he's like another op- like i think he'd be good really good actually for like the sixers just because ben simmons isn't a shooter and uh, aside from like tobias harris they don't really have like a late game end of shot like shot maker, I know Joel Embiid. Can Joel do Embiid, it. I was gonna say Joel, Joel Embiid can do it. He had, the, he had like he'll a. Do it. He, I mean, he might. I mean, he's, he's unreal, but I think he'd be a good fit for the Sixers. Um, so he'd be he'd be fun. He's definitely a wild card, you know, because he's had he's had All Star uh, caliber play before. Mm-hmm. But you're right, the shooting percentage is a little uh, crapping. <laughs> 
So we are pretty blessed to have a guy like Kyrie Irving on the team to watch play every night because he's just like a magician with the ball. And I was thinking about my days growing up watching those N1 mixtapes and really wishing I could do half the shit, actually 95% of the shit on those on those videos, really couldn't do them, like the spider trick through the legs or the, the, the put the ball in your shirt and throw it around or the off the heezy, off the backboard kind of stuff. I don't really remember my best trick. Mike, do you remember your best trick or maybe your best moment on the court doing a trick? I don't have any dribbling tricks because uh, I'm not that good at dribbling. Uh, I'm just like fast enough to outrun people while I dribble. Um, but I think my go-to thing is a behind-the-back pass on like a Woo! fast break. Like, give me a two-on-one fast break or any kind of advantage, and I will hit you with the behind-the-back. Sometimes it's on the ground. Sometimes it's not. You never know. Uh, no, but I also like so passing is my thing. I like to pass the ball. I consider myself a traditional point guard in that sense, I guess. Um, I love the backspin bounce pass. So, like, if a guy is, like, cutting from the right side of the floor, I love throwing it, like, out in front and have it, like, spin back to the player. And unfortunately, yeah. in my, like, playing days, sometimes players don't realize that it's going to spin. <laughs> so they, like, try to catch up to it, and then it bounces and, like, hits them in, like, the stomach because they're just, like, clumsy. Uh, but it's a really nice pass when it gets through, and it usually gets a reaction. So as a kid, I would do a lot of the N1 mixtapes type stuff. So I would love to do the slip and slide. I love to do the slip and slide because that in the game would got would uh, garner a lot of points. So that would you did a lot enough slip and slides, you'd get to what was it? What was the game breaker mode? Is that what game it was called? Yeah, so that. <laughs> but then, but then, if you're really smart, you gotta you gotta bank it for the double game breaker. Um, yeah. But I would do uh, I would do slip and slides. I would do like you were talking about, Josh. Uh, you bounce it and you put it in your, uh, your sure. under your shirt, and then you you smack it so it goes around your back. Um, I wouldn't do off the heezies. That was just so disrespectful. That's super disrespectful. <laughs> I actually well, saw I saw a video of someone doing an off the heezy earlier today. I think I would literally start a fight if someone threw a basketball at my face. Oh yeah. But that was how people yeah. played back then. Like, in the yeah. early 2000s, late 90s, like, it was all about disrespecting the other player, even if it just meant, like, hurting them. Like, yeah. Yeah. we used to do that. We used to do that thing where you'd, like, you'd, you'd grab the other player and you'd, you'd, like, hold them so that you can throw the ball around them, but you kind of are just, like, hugging them while you're doing yeah. it. Putting it through their legs was huge. Like, nutmegging them was huge back then. The one trick that I always thought was like hilarious because no one could do it, and if, even though everyone tried it, was that when you dribble the ball with your knees. Do you remember doing that? Like, <laughs> wait, you, wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Are you up serious? And down with your knees. You, you guys never tried that? No. Are you? Oh, wait, dude. Are, all, all no, no, hilarious. no. I was gonna because what was, I was that called say, again? I'm, I'm. That's I. Uh, as that's a your kid, thing? As a kid, I would do like slip and slide and like under the shirt stuff. Now I dribble with my knees like really well. I think I've seen you do it actually. I bet you can do it. You're pretty tall. I I dribble with my knees like I dude. I was doing it two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I remember that like people would do it in a game. They would try to like pull it off in a game. Like it has no purpose. I don't do it in a game. It's hilarious. No, I don't do it in a game. But like if I'm just like shooting around, it's something I I do every time I shoot around. I'm dribbling with my knees every time. So I. I'm not gonna blow by you dribbling with my knees. <laughs> You're right; it's not uh, advantageous to play like that. 
But uh, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Yes, it is stupid. I fully, I fully acknowledge that. But because it's simple and I don't have to like get on the ground for it or do anything like that, yeah, I can drill with my knees uh, really well, actually. I'd say the one thing that I'll do, and I will do this in a game sometimes, depending on who I'm playing against, I will throw the ball behind a defender's back on uh-huh. one side of them and then run past them on the other side Yeah, like a, and like a, mm-hmm. catch the ball for a layup. So I'll do that, which is also disrespectful, but I, it's it's easy, So um, and I'm not hitting you in the face, so I do, I do do that as well. Um, I don't get, I don't get more elaborate than that anymore, but, uh, yeah, dribbling, <laughs> I do dribble with my knees sometimes. <laughs> I remember, um, back in my rec days, uh, on fast breaks also, if there was a guy standing in my way, instead of like nutmegging them or doing what you just said, Rick, I would actually bounce the ball really hard in front of them. So it would go over them. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause like, that's pretty embarrassing too, for a defender. Uh, they just end up like staring up at it. And then by the time they realize what's happened, like I'm, I'm gone. So that was always a fun thing to do. Wait give for it, my question. Give it like count to ten in your head. I can I can count. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the best is net to come. My name is Josh. I'm joined again by Rick and Mike. We had a good time talking about this year in COVID and all the trades that might happen, might not happen. The Nets play the Pistons on Saturday. I know right now they're playing the Celtics in a close game. Hopefully they pull this one out. They play the, Cel- uh, the Pistons on Saturday. That's Blake Griffin's old team. This is, I don't know, it might be the first game he plays for the Nets. Maybe he'll want to win because he's playing against his old team. Maybe Bruce Brown will want to win. They did lose. The last pitiful game the Nets played was against the Pistons. So is this an important win, guys? Do you think that the Nets... Like, really want to win this game against the Pistons on Saturday, or you think they're going to just treat it like any other day? They're treating this like any other day, man. Uh, I don't think it really matters much to them. Uh, maybe it'll matter to Blake, although I honestly don't really think it'll even matter to Blake <laughs> that much. If you haven't heard, he has this new show called Double Crossed, which I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Double Crossed yeah. by you guys. So, um, nah, I think it's just going to be any other game. Mike, how many minutes is, is Blake getting on Saturday if he plays? Uh, if he plays, like, if he is, like, in shape to play and he's proven to Nash, he knows enough about what they're running, he'll probably play 25 to 30 minutes, I would say. They want to see what he's got. Uh, I hope he plays. I think that'd be cool. The, the Pistons suck, so then it should win by 30. Um, I just no. wish I knew, like, all I'm thinking right now, I wish I knew a Pistons fan, like a diehard Pistons fan, because I'm curious what they think of how the Blake Griffin years went. Like, did you have expectations when you got him? Did he obviously not live up to whatever expectations you had? But, like, I'm curious how bummed they were. Like, can you guys think of a player that the Nets have gotten recently that might have been that same, like, level of, oh, cool, we got this guy. And then he was just absolute trash. Like, he was the worst he's Darren ever Williams. been. Darren Williams. Okay, yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. So I hope there's a there's a Pistons pot out there that I would love to stumble upon to hear Pistons fans uh, pissed pissed off about Blake Griffin. <laughs> I think I, what do you think the name the name of that uh uh pot is called? Is it just pissed off? Like uh, yeah, pissed, pissed, pissed off, pissed with it a away, <laughs> <laughs> or like pissed <pistoned> off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pissed off. Hi, I'm Billy Bob, and I'm the host of Pissed Off. 
Welcome. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to the best is net to come. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. All right, guys. So uh, if you haven't heard already, most people have already heard the news that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been canceled. What? What? Yeah, Pepe Le Pew, he's been canceled. You didn't hear about this? No, why? No. Yeah, all right. Pepe Le Pew has been canceled because he promotes rape culture. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Oh, okay. All right, like how he's always, like, chasing after the cat and, like, groping her and, like, kissing her, uh, you know, against her, her will, stuff like that. Really, the, the, the reason doesn't matter. It's a basketball pod. So <laughs> I, I'm surprised you didn't know about this. But, yeah, Pepe Le Pew canceled. Google it after we're, we're done recording. But... This is a basketball podcast, and do you know what this means for basketball purposes? Uh, Space Jam. Space Jam, that's that right. That means he, there's an open roster on the Toon Squad. Oh, wow. Happy Le Pew's been canceled. There's an open roster on the Toon Squad. So my question to you guys is... Do I fill that spot? As the, you are filling the spot. You're the GM. As the GM of the Toon Squad... What cartoon character doesn't have to be a Looney Tune? Could be any cartoon character ever. Which cartoon character are you picking to fill the roster spot left open by Pepe Le Pew? Now, be as creative as you want. You can pick a cartoon character that you think has great basketball skills, or maybe you just pick a cartoon character that you think is funny and hilarious. Maybe it'll distract the other team or whatever. So I'd love to hear who you are maybe signing to a, let's say, a, a Sean Marks-esque 10-day contract okay. to be on the Toon Squad. I got one. Who I'm you got? I got one. I'm picking Psyduck. What? <laughs> <laughs> For what? Was he going to just set the screens all game? What? No, he's not setting screens. That would be Mr. Mime with the light screen. I think Psyduck, because Psyduck is, one, he's cute. Two, he's funny. Yeah, he's like, he's like ugly cute. You know. That okay, yeah, that's cute? true. Right, that's a, that is a thing. Yeah, definitely a thing. Ugly cute. Tweet at us if you disagree. Ugly cute <laughs> is a thing. He's, he does. He's a, he knows some psychic moves, so he can definitely get in the head of the opponents. You know, do a little bit okay. of confusion, a little bit of confuse ray, possibly, uh, um, possibly even a hypnosis if you can possibly pull that one off. I know there's a low effectivity rate of um, hypnosis, but he can try to pull it off. And then, uh, you know. Uh, just comedic relief. You know, he's a very funny guy. He's a, seems like uh, he seems like the the butt of many jokes, and that's what you want from a Space Jam character. All right, I have my. <laughs> um, I'm gonna make my decision based off of what I remember from Space Jam. All of the characters have like their shticks. Like Bugs Bunny, like can bring out props whenever he wants. Like Marvin, uh. I don't know. They all have their thing, right? So I'm going to pick Stewie Griffin because Stewie Griffin has an arsenal of things he can pull out. Maybe he uses a time machine. Maybe he uses a a laser gun. But he also would be a great trash talker. I would love to see Stewie Griffin just giving shit to the other team. He's very sarcastic. He can make them feel bad about themselves. And he's also comedic relief uh, in that sense. So... I would go with Stewie Griffin. I'd love to see him hoop. I think I can even picture what he would wear. Like, he'd be hilarious. 
he'd have a headband and like short shorts and like he looked like a seventies basketball player, but he's a baby. Okay. That's All good. Right. That's that's good. I like that. Psyduck and Stewie Griffin. Alright, so I'm really turning back the clock on this one, but Josh, I think you're going to like this one because I want my team. See, Looney Tunes, they don't take anything seriously. And Mike, I know you like this for basketball. You want a little bit of, little bit of dog in it. You want some grit. You want some somebody to really like set some hard screens, maybe like get a technical or something, fire up the, fire up the bench and really be an enforcer. So that's why on my team, I want Captain Hostel Gatto. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. All right, you gotta you gotta explain who Captain Oz Delgado is to, to the people out there because I don't think they know him as much as they know Psyduck and Stewie. All right, let me see if I can let me see if I could uh, pull this up on my phone. I don't know if you're gonna be able to see it. They probably no. can't see it. Anyway, imagine I, imagine or I'll, like I'll post it as part of the Instagram tomorrow. Right. Okay. Imagine uh imagine like a really like grizzly muscular like badass like anti-hero you know a guy who like really talks low like this <laughs> like he's like you know you'll see in like cartoons he's got like the bullets wrapped around like his his chest like with machine guns and shit and he he has an eye patch because he's missing an eye and also one of his hands is cut off so he can like switch out different tools so he can make his hand a gun or in the one picture i was trying to show it's a it's a chainsaw so he can really uh, have a lot of versatility with his hand. So I, I like what he can bring to the court with with the hand versatility. But I like his his bench and locker room attitude and demeanor because let me tell you something: nobody messes with Captain Hostelgado. <laughs> All right, hey, I like it. <laughs> I love him because he's just like uh, he's just he's one of those characters that there's really no like discerning point to him like what exactly is Hostel Gato but you understand him at the same time it's like a knockoff Terminator just kind of understand yes it. yes exactly he's a he is a knockoff Terminator and um yeah the, the second you meet him like you get it you just you get it right away there's no like you don't need a backstory you don't even need to talk to him honestly you you'd be shitting bricks if you talk to him so uh if if you saw Captain Ho- if I were on the opposing team if I were on the Monstars or whoever's going to be in Space Jam 2, and I saw Captain Hostelgado at the scorer's table ready to check in, I'm telling Coach I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Coach that I am tired. Coach, I am winded. Get him in here. <laughs> I need to get out of here. I <laughs> I don't want to play against Captain Hostelgado. 